in the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening, night or day, in this world. And what else can I possibly say, folks, but thank you for tuning in. This is episode number 194, Earnest Truth. Roy McGrath, whacked by cops, Trump may be next. One of the things that I like about being unscripted is the very fact that apparently you forgive me for not being perfect. And that, uh, according to some people I've talked to, is what makes things fun, is the spontaneity. And I want the show to be fun, so we talk about a little bit of everything. And in this uh, case, we are going to be talking about my best guest estimate of what happened with Roy McGrath. And actually, believe it or not, a little later on, we're going to bring up how this could involve Donald Trump. Now, for those of you who don't know the story that I'm going to tell you about, it was this fellow, and uh, his name was uh, Roy McGrath, and he was the uh, former ex-chief of staff to a former Maryland governor, Larry Hogan. And uh, it was just reported today that there was a shooting incident because he was um, supposedly or apparently on the run from the law um, at 630 uh, yesterday. And um, he's he's dead. And there are. There are a number of red flags here, and I wanted to run this past you because this thing, as far as I'm concerned, um, well, let me just um, tell you a little bit about it, and we'll take it from there. So this guy was wanted by the law. He had warrants for his arrest. And apparently he had fled Maryland. And um, he um, was finally, as I said, tracked down in Tennessee. And uh, part of what was going on um, was, you know, basically in... in, uh, embezzlement, fraud, and falsified documents, and uh, paid him, he 
he got his hand caught in the cookie jar of about you know, around $235,000. And he falsified some kind of document to show that the governor had approved the payment when supposedly or apparently he did not. And um, it's just all this drama brought up about this guy who previously, you know, there was, there was no noise. There was nothing at all. And it seemed the timing seemed very strange. But here's the thing. He talked about his killing, which is he didn't fucking, let's not mince words here. They murdered him. The FBI murdered him. But you wouldn't hear that um, with what occurred. Mm, so um, all they want to say very zipped-lipped about this was that there was a, the FBI said they were revealing a agent-involved shooting. And that's it. Could you possibly be more fucking vague? Um, there's a reason for this. And this is something that I completely believe. Um, the way this works, it's basically the way organizationally, the way this is, this is structured. It's pretty much structured just like the mob, which is also pretty much modeled uh, as business in modern business. So there's a reason why there are so many close parallels to this. And basically, you know, the way it works is if you do anything that interferes with business, known as the business, if you do anything that is, you know, screwing that up, well, you're going to get in trouble. And depending on how bad the trouble is, and depending on your position within the organization, you know, you could get, uh, you know, relatively a slap on the hand and maybe a warning. But if you keep up with this behavior, or if it gets worse, you know, they're going to whack you. That's the way it works. And I'm here to tell you is that in the case of what took place here, there is absolutely no difference. None. This has, as far as I'm concerned, all the earmarks of the same thing taking place. <clears throat> Look, folks, this guy who's brought up on all these charges... This is not something that, you know, had went on for a very long time at all. In other words, it just suddenly, the whole thing, in relative times, I'm talking about in relative times, time frames, this, went, this was like out of nowhere. And um, this guy knew exactly what was going on. And he finally figured out that he had crossed the wrong people. 
And so what happens is, and you'll see this like repeat itself, is that they have information. Forget about the 230 some thousand dollars. That ain't dick. That can be shoveled out taxpayer money anytime. That would not have been any big deal. That's the way these people operate, folks. They don't operate like children for a hundred dollars. You know, they steal when they steal. It's for hundreds of thousands. So this guy, of course, was maintaining his innocence. But here's the thing: um, maybe, as far as you know, as far as the money was concerned, all that. Maybe he was innocent. Maybe he wasn't. But one thing is for sure. Um, this was a hit, and it was a hit through the FBI because it's not because of the money. It's because whether it may have been the ex-governor or not only limited to the ex-governor, but maybe a lot of other people, he could have blown a whistle. <clears throat> and this is what happens to whistleblowers. Anybody that has a great deal of very potentially damaging information. Um, this is what happens. And this guy, um, I'm just looking at him, and, you know, he he looks in this photo they have that I'm seeing, he's like kind of like, he really looks like uh, the classic, he's very close to looking, he has a crazy look like... Um, you know, Norman Bates from the Bates Motels from the old movie. His, you know, he kind of looks psycho. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was guilty. Maybe he wasn't. But still, this, this kind of thing that you don't hear about, that I don't hear about, this kind of thing happens all the time amongst themselves. And they get their hand caught in the cookie jar, and it's like, oh, shit. Then they got to pay off some judges some of that money because, well, they want to get their hands on some of that money. And, um, you know, they part with some of that money or they do them some kind of favors or both. But they work out some kind of deal. And the deal is worked out and none the wiser and everything goes according to plan. This guy, whether he actually took the money or not is almost immaterial um basically he had the goods and they said well you've got the goods on us but you know if you do this thing your life ain't going to be worth a nickel we're going to whack you and this guy was scared shitless which is completely understandable and uh, they got to him all they wanted to do was find him because here's the thing, folks, whether it would have been right at that moment or some kind of accident that would have happened in his jail cell, um, regardless of what it was, he, he was he he had to go. He had to go. That was it. That's that's my point. And this as far as I'm concerned, like I said, it reeks of that. And so pretty much what's become, you know, routine these days with these kinds of things is like, 
as the old saying says, it's not who you know, it's what you know. But in this case, it actually is not just what you know, but who you know as well. Apparently, his enemies far outweighed his friends, and he was not going to be able to leave the country because he could not get a, a even from a private jet. He couldn't get a flight out of the country because all of his rich friends had been given the word, and he, he couldn't escape. He couldn't get away. And that's how that's how totally wrapped up they have this this entire system, even to protect their organization from their own. So I'm not going to sit here and try to debate one way or the other of whether or not he actually, you know, took the money or didn't take the money or anything else that he was allegedly supposed to have done because amongst other things, I really don't have any way of knowing that, but that's just a smokescreen because it's completely irrelevant. But guys that are in this position who were, you know, once a part of the good old boys club, they, uh, they usually don't whack their own usually but they certainly will. And there apparently was something else big time going on that he knew. And this is, this is what happens. And this has a parallel <clears throat> with Donald Trump. Because the way things are going right now, you know, Donald would not have been going through all of this, but able to pretty much go along unscathed with all of this for as long as he has. If he didn't either A, have a hell of a lot of friends, or B, in combination with that, know a whole hell of a lot of, you know, information on a lot of people. And once again, you use that as leverage. And if he was using that as leverage, then he, uh, he's been doing it pretty well for a couple of years now. But even that time is running out. So... What I'm basically saying is that I would not consider it out of the question if um, Trump was whacked. Because he has basically, like I said, he has, he has staved off a lot of personal harm. And I mean, let's face it, we're going to be honest, I mean... We're not talking a Boy Scout here. We're talking Donnie Trump, and he's the, you know, the bad boy of New York, Wall Street investors. You know, he's just a, a pure money capitalist, you know, animal. 
that's it. That's what he is. That's what he's always been, a thug and a pushy, you know, thug. And uh, he's gotten his way, and it worked. That tactic worked for many years. And But there's other thugs at the table now, and they say, hey, you know, we want our turn at the table of, you know, the financial rape of everybody around us. And basically, the old man doesn't want to give it up. <laughs> but they're going to make him do that. But he's, he's smart enough to know how the game works. And he's also smart enough to know that any, any showing any sign of, of fear with these people doesn't work. This, this other uh, fellow here, this Roy McGrath, I mean, um, at least from the photo I have, again, and, and in the photo ops that he did when this investigation was going on, and the, the guy just looks absolutely terrified. And I think that, you know, he had a pretty, he had a, must have had a very, very good idea of who and what he was dealing with. But you see, Trump doesn't live in that world. You know, it's really hard when you're, you know, to be frightened when you're basically a mobster. <laughs> So he knows, he knows, he knows the deal, and he's not going to be frightened. And it's a whole indictment thing, and he's not going to be frightened. He's matter of fact, uh, you know, when you combine that with the fact that he is obviously a narcissist, um, you know, he's he's not probably not afraid of dying. You know, he's he's one of those he's one of those guys that. You come into a room and you go to, you know, shoot him with a, he's unarmed and you go to shoot him with a gun. And while you're shooting him with a gun, he would take both fists as his final gesture, take out both fists and be giving you the finger while you're shooting him dead. And he's basically drawing a line in the sand and he's saying, okay, you know, what there, it's just like blind man's bluff here. And they're saying, well, you know, we're going to, we're gonna they push him a little bit further and a little bit further and he's held his ground and he's saying you know I'm not going to uh, I'm not gonna go away I'm not going to give this up and they're saying look you know we've been really nice to you but you got to stop this and he won't he won't back down <laughs> and they're saying you know look we don't want you to have an unfortunate accident and then he turns around and he says, well, I don't want to have an unfortunate accident either. But I'm here to tell you, to let you know, that should I have this unfortunate accident, I have a means of delivering you know, all this information on all these different people, including yourself, he may say. And there's no way, it's not just one source say in my home he could have he could have a situation set up where he has a hundred folders or a thousand folders all over the place and 
they're given very specific instructions that, um, you know, sh should something happen to him, that every news media and every source everywhere would just be bombarded by all of this information. And that's, you know, that's where I think he's at. So, of course, I could be wrong, but I don't think I am. I mean, what can you say? I mean, time will tell, of course. But I pretty much, I could tell you this, I know a setup when I see it. There was no reason, for instance, this guy, this former aide, Roy McGrath, Come on, he didn't, this little guy that, you know, he looks just like he was scared to death, petrified. He didn't pose any physical threat. They didn't have to shoot him. They did not have to shoot him. He was about as fucking threatening as like Pee Wee Herman or something, you know. They didn't have to shoot this guy. But they did. And as always... You know, never shoot for the leg or nothing to incapacitate hell. Hell, they could have used a taser. Think about this. You know, some ex-aide to the to the governor. Christ, I mean, they can they can take an obviously drunk, totally shit-faced, hammered person who's being violent or belligerent. And maybe they're really big, really strong and really big. And they have to they have to take all the time, the hours it is, to can the ass, get this person out of their car, and you know, get them handcuffed and get them in a squad car. And I've I've watched this, you know, many, many times. <clears throat> That's why I couldn't be a cop, because I, you know, you'd have to have dealing with Constantly dealing with drunks is <laughs> watched enough of it. It's certainly not pleasant. But I'm saying, just in this particular case, we're not talking about a big, large, powerful, belligerent, uh, violently threatening anyone. Come on, this is a little scrawny guy. He wasn't a big guy at all, and he's not. He's not a thug. You know, so public servant or an ex-public servant this is like this is like mowing down shooting a fucking librarian or something come on so that's exactly my point that just that in and of itself just that alone just that that alone reeks of a red flag right there so and the fbi in in very very vague terms said you know uh, you know an Incident with an, an agent with a fire. What the, what the hell is that really supposed to mean? What, he lunged for the gun? He's going to be like, uh, you know, the Matrix. He got all, you know, he got all breaking bad on their ass. To, uh, no. This guy didn't want to kill himself. And he obviously didn't want to die. But somebody wanted him dead. Now. I know I've already said that, but I'm drawing a parallel to Trump because 
I would think, just think about it, if they went through all the trouble to permanently silence that guy, and for even probably half of the shit that Trump knows, and the names that he can name if he, you know, if he's going to really call their bluff, and the names that he's going to name, and what he's going to do, and what he can potentially do, I certainly would not put him having an unforeseen freakish accident in the very near future. You know, it would certainly have to be made to appear, you know, I don't know, on a heart attack, um, something, anything. We can't have the same scene of federal agents coming to attack him and then he would attack them with the gun and there was a big tussle and he just happened to get his brains blown out in the process. I, I don't think it would happen that way. But the thing is, is that things have gotten so crazy as far as it's concerned and the quote-unquote law, <laughs> if you want to call it that, They've gotten so brazen that it's it's it wouldn't surprise me if they just just shot him down, as he said, shot him down like a dog. I think that was terms that he used once. Because there's no reprisals. What do they have to worry about? Because that's what we've become now. So the answer to no one, they are like God. So it could. And it's not a thing about as far as, you know, naming names from him personally, because the people that have enough intelligence, and I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that Donald would have enough brains to know that if you're going to do something like this, again, you would have to have the some kind of setup. It might be hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands electronically of these documents just transmitted all at once to shut out naming names and places and people with exact details. And that is something they don't want. So in that sense, you could call it a, you know, a game of chicken. And he knows that. So, so what I'm saying, as far as this, this former aide to the former governor of Maryland, this Roy McGrath, here we have someone who, hell, I'd never even heard of the guy. So, I probably am guessing maybe you haven't either. So this guy completely, you know, is obscure, never heard of him. And then instantaneously, there was this, this huge corruption scandal that literally like comes out all at once overnight, relatively speaking. And um, because, again, <clears throat> um, 
you know, he was from Maryland, so that would be under local politics. But if it was really that huge of a big deal, everybody would know. Because everybody knows about Trump. If Trump sneezes, everybody knows. Trump takes a shit. Everybody knows. This guy here, um, he misappropriated all these funds. Mm, sound of crickets. I never heard of the guy. Yet, they shot him down, as Trump says, they shot him down like a dog. And they don't do that for nothing. So, when you bear all that in mind, you know, what I, I think it's only realistic when you compare what that guy could have known versus what Trump knows. And you, and you better believe it, one thing that he does, and he does very well. I've read about him. He studies his business partners, and he's still pretty sharp as a tack as far as being a financial predator is concerned. He's very good at that. He always has been. And so he knows it can be smiling and be your best buddy, but he knows your finances he knows your weaknesses. He knows everything about you. He makes it a point for people to find out about you. Because, <clears throat> simply put, he knows it's important to have leverage. Because that's exactly what they do. This is exactly what they all do. The ones who play the game really well, that's what they do. And he's no different. But... Unlike Mr. McGrath, let's say, he's smart enough to deposit all of this information somewhere or disperse it, and it will be instantly launched in the hands, or perhaps already in the hands, of tens of thousands of people, and then it will shoot out onto the planet, and then people get this as a file, and then they can copy that file. So in other words, once the genie's out of the bottle, it's not going back in. And I would be willing to bet that that is probably, that reason, that and that alone, may be the only reason why he is still alive. Because, I mean... Even for the Republican Party, he's been a, nothing but a pain in the ass. I mean, there's many, many Republicans that can't stand him just because he has been such a pain in the ass. Always stirring the pot, always causing trouble. You know, and they don't like that. Just like the mob doesn't like that. Again, there's no difference. They function the same. Make your money. Keep a low profile while you're stealing and bilking every bit of money. Enjoy life. Go to the Bahamas. Go to France. Go to whatever. Enjoy your life. But do it quietly, unobtrusively. Well, as I'm sure you know... There is very little, if nothing, quiet or unobtrusive about Donald Trump. 
That's not his way. Not by a long shot. Donald is the exact opposite. Everything Donald does has to be huge. Because, well, he is, after all, a narcissist. So, it kind of comes with the territory, I suppose. So, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. You know, you could let me know. Am I... Am I batshit crazy on this? Because, I mean, on in either case, I'm talking about this, uh, this, this Roy McGrath or trying to, you know, I'm obviously making uh, a, a parallel with um, what I see happening, potentially happening with Donald Trump. I mean, do you think I'm, you know, crazy cornflakes or what the hell? I don't know. What do you think? That's what the damn inquiring minds want to know. We want to know what you think. And anyway, that's what I think. I'm out of here. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying, Take care. I'm out of here.